Happy Sunday, and thank you for joining me on this very special episode of the Jeremiah Patterson Show. I'm going to begin today with a story, a historical story. I promise you this is a really, really good one. All right, so the story begins on April 5th, 1839, when a little boy named Robert Smalls was born. He was born in Beaufort, South Carolina, behind an owner's city house, and his mother, Lydia, uh, served in the house, but she grew up in the fields. At the age of nine, she was taken from her parents. She was taken from her parents and her family on the Sea Islands. As far as his father, um, it's a bit unclear of who exactly he was. One of the men suspected of being Robert Small's father was John McKee, which was his owner. McKee favored Smalls over all the other slave children, so much so that his mother was concerned that he would grow up thinking slavery was a good thing and not realize the, the, and not realize the nefarious acts behind it. So his mother educated him and arranged for him to work in the fields and to watch other slaves get beaten. The outcome of witnessing these horrifying scenes made Robert defiant. He would find himself in the Beaufort jail. PBS.org writes, quote, If anything, his mother's plan had worked too well, so that fearing for her son's safety, he asked, she, excuse me, she asked McKee to allow Smalls to go to Charleston to be rented out to work. End quote. And once again, her wish was granted. When Smalls turned 19 years old, he applied for many jobs uh, in Charleston and was allowed to only keep $1 out of all of his wages a week. His owner would take the rest of the money. What was remarkable and useful um, was the invaluable education he had earned uh, on the water while coming to Charleston. Few people knew the Charleston Harbor better than Robert Smalls. I mean, th this is a place where he earned his first job as a planter and where he also met his wife, Hannah, who was a slave of the Kingman family working at a Charleston hotel. And so, with their owner's permission, the newlywed couple moved into an apartment and had two children named Elizabeth and Robert Jr. Well. Now, Robert Smalls knew, even though those were technically and sort of biologically his children, even though he knew that, they were still at risk of being taken away and sold to another plantation owner. So he, he asked his wife's owner if he could buy his whole family together. Um, his, his wife's owner and Robert Smalls, they both agreed, and the price was $800. But Robert Smalls only had $100. So here's what happened. Quote, how long would it take for him to save up another $700, end quote, someone asked. So one of the captains decided that the best way for Smalls to get $700 was to work for the Confederate Army. Under stringent order that the Secretary of the Navy, Gideon Wells, had been commanding his officers to accept runaway slaves as contraband since the prior month in September. Um, while Robert Smalls knew he couldn't afford to buy his family on, uh, on the shore, he knew he could win their freedom by sea. So he told his wife to be prepared for whenever an opportunity presented itself. So weeks went by, and finally, an opportunity presented itself. And you know, this story is just absolutely remarkable, and, and also an intrinsic part of American history. I mean, Robert Smalls started off as a slave at a plantation and was favored over all of the other slaves. His mother was concerned about that, 
And, she, and his mother was also concerned that if he continued to be favored over all the other slaves, that he would grow up not thinking that slavery is diabolical, but that slavery is a good thing. So his mother arranged for him to be sent to work on the fields. And, you know, when he gets... And so his mother essentially arranges for him to work on the field. And so he works on the field. So that resulted in defiance. And so his mother arranged for him to be sent to Charleston, South Carolina. And so when he got to Charleston, South Carolina, he applied for jobs and he finally got one. His owner kept majority of his paycheck and he met his wife, Hannah, in Charleston, South Carolina. Hannah and Robert, they both get married and he wants to buy his family outright. The price is too high, so he now has to work for the Confederate Army in order to keep his family, in order to rack up that $700. He really can't afford that, and it's going to be a while before he racks up $700 to purchase his family in full. So here's the story. At 2 a.m. on May 13th, Robert Smalls put on Captain Riley's straw hat and ordered the planter's skeleton crew to raise the boiler and host, excuse me, and hoist the South Carolina and Confederate flags as decoys. Then, excuse me, they then stopped to get Smalls's wife and his two children, along with four other women and three men and another child. At 4:15 a.m., the pilot house, uh, the pilot house, Smalls from excuse me. At 4:15 a.m. from the pilot house, Smalls blew the whistle, blew the ship's whistle while passing Confederate forts Johnson and also Fort Sumter. He kept going, and even though his ship was being attacked, he sailed to freedom, and therefore he and the 11 other people that were on that ship were free. Smalls may not have paid the $700 to purchase his family, but he did purchase his family's freedom by courageously achieving a mission that others would deem as diametrically impossible and too risky. And oh, we could get killed. Smalls knew that was a risk. He knew that was a factor in selling his family to freedom. But he courageously and remarkably achieved this mission. And so, because of his remarkable bravery and unabashed excellence, the United States Congress passed a private bill authorizing the Navy to appraise the planter and award Smalls and his crew half, quote, the proceeds for rescuing her from the enemies of the government, end quote. If you are mystified, um, the her in this, in this story is, the her that they are referring to is the USS Planter, which was the Navy ship that Smalls had sailed to freedom. So Congress passed this bill on May 30th, 1862. What stands out in this story is Robert Smalls's audacity and courage to not only sell his own family to freedom, but the other nine slaves that were on that ship as well. And remember, the Civil War is still going on at this point. I mean, Abraham Lincoln had won the presidential election in 1860. Uh, he was the Republican um, that went into office as president of the United States. The South feared that, oh, if Abraham Lincoln gets reelected president of the United States, hey, guys, he may try to end slavery. And so the South had succeeded. I mean, South Carolina was the first state to succeed uh, from the Union in the 1860s. And so once South Carolina had receded, a couple of other states followed after them and they formed their own, they formed their own little sort of nation called the Confederate States of America, CSA. 
And so the Civil War is still going on at this point in time. This was 1862. Uh, for context here, for historical context, here's a clip from the American Battlefield Trust YouTube channel. Abraham Lincoln ordered in January of 1862 Union forces to move on all fronts, and they did, but at different speeds. In the east, George McClellan got moving rather slowly and wouldn't actually start moving till March. In the west, George Thomas right away won a huge victory at Mill Springs in Kentucky, followed up by movements by U.S. Grant, who's going to capture Confederate Forts Henry and Donaldson. That will uncover Nashville, Tennessee, and the first Confederate capital falls to the Union right before spring even dawns of 1862. Additional Union gains in Arkansas at the Battle of Pea Ridge, as well as Grant going down the Mississippi and winning another battle, the Battle of Shiloh, the bloodiest up to that point, really is going to not only swing things for the Union at that point, but along with other gains in the West, such as at the battles of Picacho Peak and at Glorieta Pass, which secures the Pacific Ocean for the Union, the Union's feeling good. They have gained hundreds of thousands of miles of territory to add to their cause, and the Confederates are really reeling at this point. As the Battle of Shiloh is raging, George McClellan is assembling on the Virginia Peninsula with the largest force in the country on any side. He's got the Army of the Potomac. He's going to try to capture Richmond from the east. He's going to very slowly and doggedly move along the Virginia Peninsula, laying siege to Yorktown. Eventually, when the Confederates fall back from there, he will move up and fight a battle at Williamsburg. This will result later in the Battle of Fair Oaks and Seven Pines, which in itself Wounding the Confederate officer, Joseph E. Johnston, will result in the ascension, the promotion of Robert E. Lee, who will take command of the Army of Northern Virginia, and everything changes from that point forward. So this was the status quo of the Civil War in, in 1862. Tensions were continuing to rise as the South fought to stay separated from the North. Sixteen years after Robert Smalls pulled off that remarkable mission and, and sailed to freedom, he ran for Congress in 1878, but was defeated by a guy named George Tillman. And George Tillman, uh, his ideological views were diametrically racist and opposed to slaves being liberated. So a, a white supremacy group in South Carolina called, quote, the Red Shirts, end quote, intimidated black voters to keep them from voting. Their goal was to essentially prevent black voters from voting because if, if, because if, because they feared that if black voters went to the polls and voted in overwhelmingly uh, large numbers, Robert Smalls would win the election. So they so these white supremacists essentially intimidated the black voters. This white supremacy group was led by, George Tillman, as a way to suppress the black vote so he could win. Politico writes, quote, When Smalls garnered only 40% of the vote, he successfully contested the result before the GOP-controlled House Committee on Elections. Seeking to prevent Smalls from taking his seat, House Democrats left the chamber seeking to avoid a quorum. Their plan backfired. However, when the House voted to seat him, the vote was 141 to 1, with 144 absentations. End quote. So, uh, the House Democrats essentially just said, eh, we're out of here. We're, we're going we're gonna to sort of uh, protest this thing. So it, it didn't work out that time, but four years later, uh, he tried again. And on this day, in 1882, on July 19th, 1882, Robert Smalls won that congressional seat in South Carolina. Um, th 
the seat that Roberts, the seat that George Tillman had fought so heavily for, had fought so hard for, and used his white supremacist friends and white supremacist groups to intimidate black voters. It was his goal to keep this black man from out of power out of power. It was his goal to keep Robert Smalls from winning that congressional seat here in South Carolina. And he failed. He ultimately failed because Robert Smalls was elected. And Robert Smalls served in the South Carolina State Assembly and Senate and also served five consecutive terms in the U.S. House of Representatives. After Congressman Smalls served the state of South Carolina, um, South Carolina began stripping blacks of their constitutional right to vote. He would go on to live until February 22nd, 1915. He lived to be 76 year old, 76 years old. He died in, in the same house behind which he was born a slave and buried at the Tabernacle Baptist Church. Robert Smalls once said, quote, My race needs no special defense, for the past history of them in this country proved them to be the equal, to be equal of any people anywhere. End quote. This, this story is an amazing story, is an amazing American story. And looking back on this noun, it provides us some lessons for today. Freedom and equality should be for all, not just for one race. We live in a multiracial republic. And and people all over are entitled to their constitutional right to vote, regardless of their race or what they may look like. It doesn't matter. As the late Congressman John Lewis once said, quote, the vote is the most powerful nonviolent tool we have. Congressman John Lewis also said, quote, your vote matters. If it didn't, why would some people keep trying to take it away? End quote. That provides us some lessons for today as far as voter suppression. John Lewis believed in racial justice and equality for all Americans. We are not there yet, but we will eventually get there. And, and looking back on history and to see how far we have come, we do still recognize that changes need have been changes have been made but more changes are necessary this moment in american history and for our our republic in all this moment for our republic the united states of america this moment calls for changes freedom and true equality for all americans Robert Smalls was 23 years old when he pulled off that remarkable mission and sold his family, family and, those, and those other nine slaves to freedom. He was 23 years old. He then ran for Congress and achieved his goal. If, he reckon, if Robert Smalls recognized racism as a horrifying and nefarious thing back then, then how do we change it today? Well, for instance, we can we start start by protesting, which has already begun in the wake of George Floyd's death, and as well as Breonna Taylor. We can protest and also exercise our constitutional right to vote. It is so vital. 
and holding our elected officials accountable for their actions and demanding action. And if they don't take action, then vote someone in office and elect someone who will take action. Holding our elected officials accountable is essential so that we can improve as a nation, so that we can improve as a multiracial republic. And that is the remarkable thing about this story. If Robert Small saw racism as horrifying and and nefarious, how can we change it today? More ahead on this special episode of the Jeremiah Patterson Show. In this world where people are staying at home, many of life's moments are being put on hold. At Carvana, we understand that for some, getting a car just can't wait. That's why the new way to buy and sell a car is also the safer way. At Carvana, you can do it all 100% online from home with a touchless delivery and pickup process to keep you safe. And for even greater peace of mind, all Carvana cars come with a seven-day return policy. So if you need to keep moving, it's our goal to keep you safe. Check out Carvana, the safer way to buy a car. Today, the Jeremiah Patterson Show is two years old. Here's a look back on some of the most memorable episodes of the show. And also, here's episode number one, uh, when I named the podcast Daily Political Podcast. Daily Political Podcast, uh, when I named the podcast the Daily Political Podcast with Jeremiah Patterson, I remember on this day, on July 19th, uh, 2018, I was sitting on my bed reading for my blog. Listen. Hello, everyone. This is my Daily Political Podcast with Jeremiah Patterson. Okay, so let's get started. First, I would like to talk to you guys about Trump and Putin on the Time Magazine. So that was episode one. I'm going to now play uh, some of the top episodes from 2018. Then I'm going to play some of the top episodes from 2019. And then, of course, some of the top episodes from this year, 2020. Take a listen. Good evening. I'm Jeremiah Patterson. And you must be thinking I'm overwhelmed. This is my third podcast episode that I've done today. Good morning. It's Friday, August 3rd, 2018. Today's broadcast will be short and simple today. In other words, one minute. President Trump versus the press. We have just received some devastating breaking news. Aretha Franklin, the Queen of Soul, has died at the age of 76. Good afternoon, everyone. It's Monday, August 20th. Well, let's get started. Okay, what do you think about Attorney General Jeff Sessions? Jeff Sessions? Mm hmm. I don't know. I think he is. I think he's insane. What inspired you and Cooper to do the podcast Immature Politics? Oh, geez. Um, Cooper, do you th- who do you think is more suited to answer this? I think you are. Okay. Um, Where's Jeremiah? Some of you have been asking. <laughs> it's October 16th, 2018. Hello, everyone from all across the world. This is our podcast, The Jeremiah Patterson Show. Our goal is, or my goal, is to give you the latest updates on news and elaborate on it a little. Some days we might get lazy and kick our feet up and talk about presidential biography, or from the latest of our knowledge. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of The Jeremiah Patterson Show. We'll have a new one coming up soon. Hello, everyone. This is Jeremiah Patterson, and you are listening to The Jeremiah Patterson Show. 
So those are just some episodes from 2018. Uh, here's the last, I want to play this this last clip of this episode from 2018, December 23rd, 2018, when I was a little too sick to be covering the news. A blind loyalty to Donald Trump. Read Michael Cohen's statement before learning his prison sentence. And here are seven of our top episodes from the 2019 year. Hello everyone, Happy New Year and Happy New Year to everyone! Today is January 1st, 2019, and boy do we have a lot to get to. And for day 10, our nation's 44th President, Barack Hussein Obama. Barack Hussein Obama, a lawyer, a U.S. President, and a U.S. Senator. Hello everyone, this is a TJPS special report. This is a prolonged episode, The Jeremiah Patterson Show presents The I Word. So the I word is something that is talked about a lot. For those of you wondering what the I word is, it's impeachment. Hello everyone, today is July 4th, 2019, also known as Independence Day. 243 years ago today, the United States gained its independence from Great Britain. In 1872, in 1872, Victoria Woodhull was the first woman to run for president of the United States as the candidate for the Equal Rights Party. Welcome back, everyone. So Stacey Abrams did not win the 2018 midterm election in Georgia, but Democrats are considering her for VP in 2020. Uh, do you think that could happen? And wouldn't it be amazing to have the first female black president? Uh, first black female vice president? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my first question is, are you an advocate for saving the Sure. Uh, why, why wouldn't I be? Uh, the ocean is, um, I mean, I should start by saying I'm a physical oceanographer, which means that I mostly study the circulation and heat distribution in the ocean and how the ocean reacts and interacts with the rest of the earth as part of the climate system. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Jeremiah Patterson Show. Buckle up and grab your popcorn, because this is going to be one heck of a show. And now, here are top of the here are some of the top episodes from 2020. Here we go. Uh, this news was in just a while ago, but uh, Happy New Year and thanks for joining me on this very special uh, surprise coverage of the Jeremiah Patterson show. I was not anticipating on coming back on the podcast until this Saturday, but this news has brought my attention uh, vigorously. I'm Jeremiah Patterson, host of the Jeremiah Patterson show, and this is a TJPS special segment, uh, special report. Um. Hello, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Jeremiah Patterson show. We're getting devastating reports that uh, for multiple news reports. Uh, that uh, NBA player Kobe Bryant has passed away. You know, who, who, what else has he done it with? Yeah. What else has he done it with? And, and I'll reiterate again, because we don't hear about it, we don't talk about it enough anymore. There are incredible atrocities happening at our borders. Mm -hmm. People are still being separated from their families. People are still ill. People are still dying, and they do not deserve that.
it is imperative that we not give up and fight for our nation's rights and fight for our rights as Americans. There is inequity right now in the justice system. So let's demand better and fight for a more unbiased, equitable justice system that represents all. All right, I wanna ask you this first question. You and your colleague write in your reporting about this elderly man named uh, Leonard Graves dying in this nursing home. Is there any way that this, is there any way that this could have been prevented uh, from happening? Well, I would think so. One uh, important clarification, though, he actually wasn't in a nursing home. Um, you're absolutely right. There have been outbreaks, uh, clusters of COVID at nursing homes around the country. Um, we, though, looked at a slightly different set of housing situations, and these are seniors who are living in, in subsidized housing, either in public housing buildings or privately owned buildings that are subsidized by the federal government. The next episode that you are getting ready to listen to, uh, this episode is the one of the highest episodes this year on the Jeremiah Patterson Show, and I'd like to give a big shout out to all of my friends and teachers uh, at school for this one. Uh, this one is the American Revolution, where I had Mrs. Marsha Humphreys on from the Daughters of the American Revolution. Uh, thanks to all of you for promoting this episode. Uh, here it is. Welcome back. Joining me now is Mrs. Marsha Humphreys, a member of the Daughters of the American Revolution. Mrs. Humphreys, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm thrilled. <laughs> well, could you please talk about uh, your, your role as a DAR member? Sure. Um, the Daughters of the American Revolution um, was founded in 1890. I don't know if you knew that or not. Mm. And the initial mission of the, of the organization, just like it is now, is to promote historic re uh, preservation, uh, to promote education and patriotism. Mm. Um, we continue to work for those goals today. The Trump administration uh, announced today that it is set to end federal support for COVID-19 testing sites, particularly in the Southwest where the pandemic is getting worse, where cases are rising exponentially. So that would include California and of Texas as well. 97% um, of Houston's ICU beds are full. Texas now has more than 120,000 coronavirus cases. Houston, Texas reports more than 37,000 coronavirus cases total. Houston's mayor is, quote, promising to, quote, crack down as nearly as 1,000 cases were reported today in Houston, Texas. Also saying, quote, we're moving in the wrong direction, end quote. All right, everyone, welcome back after our quick commercial break there. Uh, joining me now, uh, back coming back on the podcast, is Nolan Cleary, host of Politics Weekly. Uh, Nolan, thanks for coming back on the show. Well, thanks for inviting me back, Jeremiah. Welcome back. Joining me now is ProPublica reporter Yagani Torbati. She has been doing some excellent reporting on this story, and she joins me now. Uh, Ms. Yagani Torbati, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. Welcome back. Joining me now is Mr. Adrian Pandev. He is an, he's, excuse me, he's an immigration attorney and he joins me now. Mr. Pandev, thank you for joining me. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, joining me now is my uncle to talk about this and to also share his perspective on this situation. Uh, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. 
Welcome back. I'm here again with the president of the League of United Latin American Citizens. He joins me again. We had a little bit of interruption there, but he is back on. Uh, Mr. President, my last question is, what is your message to the family of Vanessa Guillen and those uh, those of who have been uh, sexually assaulted in the U.S. military? That when we pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and we say with liberty and justice for all, we mean all. Uh, as far as coronavirus cases continuing to rise all over the nation, uh, the president wants to reopen schools. Uh, that is uh, something that will have to be looked into. Uh, joining me now is Miss Livingston. She is an educator here in the state of South Carolina. Miss Livingston, thank you for joining me. Sure, I'm happy to uh, be on your show. Situation in migrant detention facilities. Uh, joining me now is Adolfo Flores. He is a reporter from BuzzFeed News and also one of the contributing reporters on this piece. Mr. Flores, thank you for joining me. Uh, thanks for having me. There you have it. Those are some of the most memorable episodes from 2018, 2019, and 2020. We're going to take a quick commercial break and coming up next, uh, your Anna your anniversary voice messages that you sent into the show. That is up next on the Jeremiah Patterson Show. Hey, TGPS listeners, if you ever run out of episodes to binge on this podcast, then go listen to my other podcast called U.S. Presidents, where I talk about the presidential administrations from 1 through 44, and I also talk about those presidents and how it's intrinsic that we recall the history from back then and learn from it now as we are currently dealing with uh, a health crisis and also some other simultaneous crisis crises right now in the United States. On that podcast, I reflect on presidential history and reflect on the previous presidential administrations. And I also talk about where we are now and where we were back then. And I also express and divulge some of my knowledge with you. So once again, U.S. Presidents, it is a podcast about the presidential administrations from back then. And I'm moving my way up to now. Take a listen. Mr. Jeremiah Patterson, I never would imagine that the young child who created his own makeshift podiums and recite President John F. Kennedy's speeches would grow into a young man with a podcast that contained a wide range of perspective on the current events as well as the historical. Young man, I'm proud of you and honored to be your grandpa. I love you. Good luck with the show as well as all your future endeavors. Only you can stop you. Love you. Jeremiah, this is your Mimi. For those listening, it's just another name for grandmother. I would like to congratulate Jeremiah on his second anniversary of hosting the Jeremiah Patterson Show. So you all know I have first-hand knowledge in all the research, printer cartridges, and paper used to prepare for each episode. Did I mention printer cartridges? <laughs> Just kidding, Jay. Your episodes are very informative. I applaud your efforts on inviting dignitaries that provided their insight and knowledge of their areas of expertise. I encourage you to keep inviting guests to provide their perspectives. With that being said, keep pushing through any obstacles or roadblocks that may block your path as you move forward with your future endeavors. I can't tell you enough. Love you and keep shining. Hi, I am Latasha Daniels. I am the aunt of Jeremiah Patterson, and I just want to congratulate you on your two-year podcast. Congratulations to my nephew, Jeremiah Patterson. Jeremiah, 
nephew, man. Congratulations, man. Two years going strong on your podcast. I am so proud of you, man. You have no idea. Keep up the hard work, man. Can't wait to hear more. Love you. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Tierra Daniels, and I am Jeremiah Patterson's cousin. First, I would like to congratulate Jeremiah on all his accomplishments, uh, especially this one. Um, today, he reaches his two-year mark of podcasting, and I am so proud of him. He's been doing this for a while. He podcasts every day. You know, that's that's amazing. So, just want to congratulate him on that and to keep going and don't stop. I'd like to give a big shout out to the Jeremiah Patterson Show. This is Miss Cook, his counselor, and I'm so proud of you on the two years you've been going strong and doing your thing on your podcast. Keep up the great work, and again, congratulations. Hello, everyone. This is Miss Connor. I can't believe the Jeremiah Patterson Show is two years old. You've done a great job, Jeremiah. Congratulations. Keep up the good work. Take care everybody congratulations on the two-year anniversary of the jeremiah patterson show hey jeremiah happy second anniversary such a blessing that you started this podcast show because i started my own podcast show because of you and it's called the brendan brown's collections of facts and theories podcast show so thank you so much jeremiah for inspiring me to make mine because with your po- if it weren't for your podcast show, I probably would have never made mine. So um, thank you very much for really trying to um, make this show because it's, it's such a blessing. Happy two years. It's been a wonderful two years knowing I only seen it for, since 2019. <laughs> but um, just really thank you. Thank you for making this show because you inspired me and I, I hope you inspired others because this is just wonderful really wonderful so thank you jeremiah i hope all you podcast listeners enjoy this show and come listen to mine too i already mentioned it and have a blessed day happy anniversary i'm caleb and now isaiah (laughs) i'm caleb and now isaiah and we're jermine brothers happy two years of podcasting Thank you so much for all of your voice messages. The last note is up ahead. Thank you for all of your voice messages, as well as thank you for all the gratification. Uh, Thank you so much for all the guests who have joined me this year on the Jeremiah Patterson Show to provide their perspectives and their insight, not only on their journalistic pieces, um, but as well as their perspectives on things that have been taking place in this country and all around the world. Uh, Thank you so much. And thank you for the freedom. I'm grateful for the freedom of the press in this country. The ability that the press has the the, the ability that the press has the right and the ability to report on news that they think is necessary, that they think is essential to get out there. I am thankful for the freedom of the press so that we as citizens of this country can go out and read that information and to watch that inform- to watch that on TV and to get other people's perspectives in order for us to understand the situation more 
more, I guess more concisely, you could, you could say, uh, thank you at home for listening to this episode of the Jeremiah Patterson show and listening for two years or however long you have been a listener of this show. Uh, I thank my grandmother for all of the paper that I have, as well as all of the ink. And then I started buying paper and ink on my own. And then I found out that, oh my gosh, it was very expensive. <laughs> uh, thank you. Uh, so much for listening to this episode of the Jeremiah Patterson show. It has been an absolute great honor uh, to host this show for the past two years. And I'm going to keep going. Uh, thank you all of you for listening to this episode. Uh, thank you to my guest once again for listening. Uh, thank you for the freedom of the press and thank you for any future guests that may decide to come on this show. Uh, thank you again for listening to this episode of the Jeremiah Patterson show. I've said that several times now, uh, but I'm signing off. Good night. I'll see you Saturday.